Mac Power Users, episode 455, the October Apple event, 2018. Hello, everyone. It's David Sparks, along with my pal, Katie Floyd. Hi, Katie Floyd. How are you today? Well, I don't know, David. I have so many thoughts. So many thoughts. Okay, so we're recording this the evening after the big Apple event where we got new MacBook Airs and new iPad Pros and a bunch of other stuff. And that iMac. Oh, wait. No, we didn't. Yeah, and Katie did not get her iMac. In fact, I was watching that. We She was texting me during the event. Well, we'll, we'll get to that later. But we're, we're going to uh, go through Apple's announcements, our thoughts on them, uh, maybe talk about it if or whether or not we'll be spending any money and just how we see these new product releases affecting kind of the future of those platforms. Uh, before we get started, I just want everybody to know I, I got all your emails about me falling over in the last episode. And just to be clear, I did not fall over. I caught myself on my fancy desk. And uh, also for all you people that emailed me, I am once again wearing socks on my cork floor and it, it's very possible that I'll go down again. That's all I'm saying. Are you sitting down? Because I think we should have a new rule that you should only podcast while seated. I can't sit the whole time, Katie, because my watch tells me I have to stand about halfway through. And that's usually when when we do a Katie ad break is when I push the button. So we'll see. I, I made it through 453 episodes without falling down. So let's let's hopefully I can. Maybe you can maybe you can go another 453 without <laughs> yeah, falling down. Exactly. Um, uh, what else? Was there anything else that was uh, coming out of the last episode? Oh, West Wing. People were supposed to talk to you about watching the West Wing. Nobody wrote me about West Wing. Not a single person. I see it because I've I've been copied on Twitter. So people have been tweeting you about it, I think. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Uh, so let's talk about Apple. They uh, wasted no time today. I thought it was interesting. Uh, Tim has got the new Energized Bunny version of Tim. I've seen that in the last couple episodes of the... Um, Apple announcements where he comes out and he's, he's more animated than he used to be. I don't know really that this is all that relevant, but it is kind of interesting to see how he tries to work on his presentation skills. He's very, he's excited. He's, I think he's getting into a groove. He's been doing enough of these now. And, um, I, I thought the ordering of the Apple event was interesting. You know, of course I got very excited when they started right off the back with Macs, and I was like, okay, here we go. This is a Mac event. This is an iOS event. This is a Mac event. Let's go. And, you know, then they transitioned to iOS. But I will tell you, this is one of my favorite Apple events that I think we've had in a long time. Well, one of the things I liked about it is there wasn't a big, uh, you know, um, spill the beans mistake beforehand. And that's been happening a lot lately. Uh, this event, I mean, we kind of we knew we suspected MacBook Airs. We knew uh, iPad Pros, but we really didn't know the details of them. We didn't have the kind of monumental leaks that Apple's had in the last few big events. It was nice. It was really nice to have a, a surprise event. I, I mean, we, we knew generally kind of what we were expecting, but a lot of the details didn't leak. I, I just, it was, it was lovely. I, I, I was entertained. I was surprised. I was unpleasantly surprised at one point, but uh, <laughs> it was a very enjoyable event to watch. And I think part of that was because you didn't know every detail of everything going into it. So I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this event. Yeah, uh, we get a lot of email from listeners and you see it in the forum. Sometimes people saying that the Mac is dead and Apple doesn't care about it anymore. I don't really think that's true. I, I um, They they use the number today that there's 100 million active Macs out there. That's a lot of computers. 
um, you can see the significant work they did to make this iMac Pro. I mean, it's really a nice computer. Um, they, it seems like they're turning the corner with the MacBook Pros, as we saw earlier this year. And, you know, the next thing that happened was we got the, they filled in the biggest blank in the product line, which in my mind was this MacBook Air. Let's talk about this. So um, Tim immediately called, I made a reference to Steve Jobs on stage, which I don't think he does very often. He said, you know, when Steve pulled the MacBook Air out of the envelope on stage, he changed the industry. And that is really true. Uh, the MacBook Air, the very first one was not necessarily a great computer, but the second generation MacBook Air probably the best computer that I've ever owned. And I owned the second generation and then I owned, I don't remember if it was the third or the fourth, but I, I've owned two generations of MacBook Airs. And I will tell you that was probably the best computer I've I've ever owned. It was small, it was light, it was sleek. It had ports that you could actually use. It had everything that you needed in a computer and nothing that you didn't. I have a little Steve Jobs story here. The, um, I was at the Macworld where they announced the original MacBook Air. They had all the posters that said something in the air macbook where that was the macworld where we met oh remember they had the macbook airs hanging from fishing line yes they did and and so after the keynote um i happened to be in the room where with a bunch of photographers i just didn't leave and the um the um i was standing in like i don't know i wasn't i didn't even i wasn't even taking pictures i was just sticking around till they but steve was on stage and they were taking pictures of him with this device and a guy about two rows in front of me says hey steve put it in one hand and jobs just i mean he just looked up and he just you know and there's a famous picture of him holding it with just on the tips of his fingers and um that was that photographer just asked him it wasn't like planned you know and the way he did it. i mean he was such a showman you know the guy knew how to sell stuff right so that was that was the thing they they were focusing on pulling it in and out of the envelope till somebody in the back of the room near me yelled at him to put it in one hand, and that's the picture. If you look up on Google Images, Steve Jobs MacBook Air, that's the the image that always shows up. Anyway, um, the uh, so we went back and we got nostalgic about it, and and there's a reason why Apple loves the MacBook Air because it was a great computer. And for years, Katie and I on the show would always say. If someone asks you what MacBook do they buy, you just say get a MacBook Air unless they've got a really good reason to get a more expensive one. Well, and it's it was Apple's best-selling computer, and I think uh, may, in fact, still be Apple's best-selling computer. May until yesterday be, still be Apple's best-selling computer. So we – but we gave that advice on the show. But honestly, the last couple of years, we haven't really known what to tell people, right? I mean, when they announced the MacBook Pro, they had the ones with the function keys. What do they call that um, – Oh, that's what the Marco calls the MacBook Escape. It's, it's just the, the MacBook Escape, but it's the MacBook Pro 2015 with two USB ports without touch bar. Yeah, so they've made and, – and they kind of like position that as the replacement for the MacBook Air, but it never really worked. And um, and it's been tough for us. I know for me to recommend people which MacBook to buy when they tell me they need to get a new one because the MacBook is great and really light, but it's – it only has one port, and I mean, it, it's definitely power flawed. I mean, it, it's lo lower power than you get with a MacBook Pro, and there just wasn't really a go-to solution. Um, so this new one, I think, to jump to the end of the story, is is the new go-to solution. I mean, it is truly a replacement for the MacBook Air. It's got um, it's a lot like the old one, but it's got a Retina screen. It's got two USB-C ports as opposed to the USB-A ports we used to see. I was watching that video where they introduced it, and they like took a really long time 
to rotate over to the USB ports. And I was like, what kind of I.O. is... I mean, you knew. You knew that Apple wasn't going to release a, a, a computer that only had two ports, one of which was a USB-A port. But it, I, I will say it, it seemed to take them a, a little bit longer than was necessary to, to show off the ports. I have expected them to remove the headphone jack. I did. The that was the me. first thing I saw. I was like, oh, there's still a headphone jack on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's really a successor in spirit to the original MacBook Air. It's uh, the pricing is still pretty high. It's not under it's not sub 1000 to get started, but I'm sure they're they're going to get it there soon enough. And the um, and it does have that new controversial keyboard in it, although it's the third generation of it. Which got me kind of thinking, do you think the reason it took them this long to make the new MacBook Air is because they wanted to figure out the keyboard before they um, started selling gazillions of them? I don't know. So uh, I, I there was kind of a, a question as to whether Apple would even introduce – would either even say anything about the keyboard at all other than like, hey, this is a computer that has a keyboard, you know? Um, but they did. They mentioned it and they said, oh, it's the best keyboard ever, blah, blah, blah. And so they seem to kind of double down on it. You know, iFixit will tell us the tale as to whether this is the same keyboard that's in the MacBook Pro, the two, the 2018 version of the MacBook Pro. My my gut tells me it's got to be the same keyboard that's in the two. Well, they, they said it. It's the third generation, which is the way the same way they described it with the 2018 MacBook Pro. Right. It's got to be with the with the little um, uh, I, I, the silicon shield. Thank or whatever you. That's guy. that's better than what was in my head. So um, the silicon shield covers just because logistically, even though people aren't still 100 percent satisfied with that keyboard and there have been some instances of dust getting under it and all. The um, uh, they can't change the supply chain that quickly. This is the same keyboard, I'm sure, as that. Um, it's got some additional features as well. It's got Touch ID, and um, uh, you know, I had one of those MacBooks, and Katie currently has a MacBook with the um, Touch Bar on it. I don't use it. The Touch Bar. I mean, some people really like it. I'm not going to just poo-poo it, but I think the one thing everyone agrees that has that computer is Touch ID is great on your Mac. You know, just to reach up and unlock it by touch touching your finger on it, making purchases on it. Hey, uh, congratulations to 1Password, our sponsor that got in the keynote today where they were showing how to use Touch ID with 1Password. Um, but the um, but so that's I think that's good. The T2 chip, I mean, it was a common theme. We heard about the T2 chip, I believe. Did, did they say they had the T2 in the, in on the, the mini? Mac mini? Everything. Yeah, T- so. Everything, I think, from this point forward is going to have the T2 chip on it. Uh, and I think that's a great idea. It's way more secure. And I also am convinced that the disk operations with that T2 chip are faster than they are with the built-in ones on the um, on the drives. You know, like my iMac Pro screams on disk access, and that's all controlled by that T2. So I think you're getting a lot more than security with that. And um, But I'm sure Apple likes the idea that they're locking it down even more. And maybe that's the reason why we didn't get the iMac today. Maybe they're still engineering that into the iMac. But the um, uh, either way, uh, so it, it's got that as well. 4X four, four resolution, um, backlit on individual keys, bigger trackpad, 20%, which may or may not be a good thing. I know some people don't like those big trackpads. I do like them because I use um, better touch tool and I use all the gestures. So the bigger the track trackpad, the better. Um, I, Katie, I've never, I don't know. What is your position on this new non-diving board style trackpad? You know, the taptic or haptic feedback trackpad. I, I'm fine with the haptic, haptic feedback of the trackpad. 
Um, I will tell you the trackpad on my 2016 MacBook Pro, which I believe is the same size relatively as this one, um, is a little big for me. I, I just find that ergonomically it's a little too big and I'm hitting it a little too often accidentally. So in a perfect world, yes, on the haptics, I shrink it back down a little bit. But, you know. Well, my, my wife has a, I believe it's a, when when was the very first Retina 13-inch MacBook Pro? Was that 14, 2014 maybe? Uh, I'd have to go look, but yeah, yeah, whatever. But it's when the before it's it's with the old keys. It's before the new keyboard. Uh, but she has that 13 inch MacBook Pro, and she loves it. The only problem with that is that trackpad, you know. And it, I even took it in and had checked because I was worried it was battery swelling because it's like it's not consistent when you press it, and it's just the trackpad is slowly failing on it. And other than that, the computer works fine. There's no reason to replace it, and. Uh, so I think you know getting the mechanics out of there may may make those things live longer. Um, two Thunderbolt ports. What do you think about that? Um, yes, at, at least, at least, you at could, least you, it's not one. At least it's not one. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the first thing I thought. <laughs> no SD card though. You're not going to be able to get your camera card into it, which you used to be able to do. Big picture thinking. I, I, I've got questions about this. First off, well, hey, before we get to that, there's one other point I want to point out though. Uh, okay. And I think this is, I was saving it for the end because it's a big one. The bezels are gone or they're a lot smaller and that's all glass. I think that's really going to upgrade. It, it, it allowed them to make it smaller and um, I think it's going to look a lot better without those old bezels on it. Well, when you look at this, this machine looks like a MacBook Pro. It, it's got the black bezel. It's got the very minimal bezel and, and it has the same keyboard layout and trackpad layout so it's gonna it's it's got the tapered edge but it's it's going to it's gonna have the look it's got the look of the modern apple laptops so yes all right so uh big picture all right big picture i I think apple is learning from their 2016 macbook pro mistakes um candidly i think this is the this macbook air is the macbook slash macbook low-end macbook pro that Apple should have made all along. I, I get that Apple, you know, probably needs to have a MacBook Pro that has, you know, the, the higher processors and the higher graphic cards and all. But this really is the machine that Apple should have made all along instead of, you know, maybe the MacBook Adorable and instead of the, the low-end MacBook Pro. In fact, I will tell you that I was surprised when the Apple Store came back online to see that those products still exist. This to me is a gr- well, price aside. I'm going to get to price in a minute. This is a great MacBook Air replacement. It is worthy of the MacBook Air name. But now we've still muddied the waters on the Apple laptop line a little bit. Uh, I would absolutely recommend the MacBook Air. But what about that low end 13 inch MacBook Pro? It's it's almost the same as this machine, although it doesn't have the tapered edges. It's got you know similar similar specs. It's doesn't have touch ID. I'm not really sure why that product exists anymore, but you know, it, it is, and it's there. So maybe, maybe Apple's just selling through them, but they're, they're still available on their website to buy new. And I think this machine is also small enough and portable enough now that do we really need the MacBook adorable? And by the way, I say MacBook adorable. I've had three or four people email me and tweet me and say, what is the MacBook adorable that you speak of? This is not a real thing in Apple's product line. Uh, the MacBook adorable is is just kind of a cute name that a couple of podcasters have made up for the MacBook. So when, because it is adorable, when you talk about the, it's the the one port MacBook 12 inch. So when I say MacBook adorable, that's what I'm referring to. Yeah, it's the thinnest and lightest MacBook, which um, 
so a couple points to follow up there. I mean, traditionally, MacBook Air was to denote the small and thin light MacBook, like that Steve Jobs story I was talking about at the beginning of the show. But then it 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 morphed into the consumer MacBook, but they just left the name Air on it, and it was weird because then Apple made a MacBook without the Air on it that is actually lighter and thinner than the MacBook Air. So the naming doesn't really make sense. And in fact, when they went double down today and said, here, we have the new MacBook Air. At first, I was thinking, well, that's a mistake. I mean, because it's really not the MacBook Air. If anything, the, the thinner and lighter one should be called the MacBook Air. But then I realized, oh, wait a second. For 99% of the world out there, the MacBook Air is a nice, easy, um, not too expensive MacBook that you can beat the hell out of and it's going to you know take care of you. That's what that means to them. It doesn't mean thin and light. It just means a good MacBook, right? So, of course, they're just going to continue using that name because that's what most people associate it with. Um, I When Katie was talking earlier about it, I, I was thinking, you know, like when you uh, do something dumb, you know, uh, you throw a Frisbee through the window or whatever, your wife's mad at you and you buy her makeup flowers. This is uh, this is the makeup Mac. You know, it's like Apple saying, okay, we understand we're going to we're going to give you what you want. We're going to give you the MacBook Air. We're going to just make it better and modernize it. I think I think it was really great. Um the pricing is a little I think dodgy still. Yeah. Uh I you know it's Apple, so you want them to come in at 9.99 and of course they come in at 11.99. Yeah. So, somebody in the I was in the the Mac Power Users forum and somebody in the forum wrote I I'm sorry I I don't know who you are. I don't remember. And but they wrote like about 5 minutes before they announced it they said $1,200. Get ready for it. <laughs> and, and they were right on the money. And again, like like most of Apple's products, it's a little light at the low end. You, you're you probably most, – most people are going to want to upgrade this. It's It's got a 128 gigabyte solid state drive. That's that's what kills you. That's the, that's going to kill it. It's It's got 8 gigs of memory configurable up to 16. But I think – Oh, I would really tell people to pop that up to uh, at least a 256 SSD. And if you can go 16 and now you're adding, um, I haven't spec'd it, but uh, my guess is you're adding at least another 500 bucks to the price when you do that. In fact, if you give me a minute, I'll, I'll tell you. But Add $200 to in, to double the storage. Apple storage prices are, are still still out of whack uh, at $400. It adds $200 to double the storage, $200 to double the um to go up to 16 of memory. So um, it's 16, it's 1600 bucks to get it configured likely the way you would want it. Uh, you know, I'm not sure about that because MacBook Air is something you're often buying for your kid as you send them off to college or whatever. I'm not sending my kid off to college with eight gigs of RAM. Okay. I would, I would, I mean, for this stuff, it, I guess it depends what they do, but the, um, but you definitely need more storage at, at a minimum. It's $200. It's plus $200. And so now it's a fifteen hundred dollar computer. It's not a thousand dollar computer. Yeah, and I'm I'm just saying I wouldn't send my kid off to college with eight gigs of RAM. I think it's probably fine to send most kids off to college with eight gigs of RAM. Well, it depends how much college costs. <laughs> just wait, just wait. Um, anyway, uh, overall though, I, I'm really it's got three colors: space gray, the gold, and silver. I am. Um, I'm just really glad that that Apple kind of brought back a consumer laptop that's easy to recommend. I I hope that these keyboards hold up. It seems like they are. After the event today, I went on the internet and just searched for failing 2018 MacBook Pro keyboards, and I did not find nearly the amount of noise that we saw with the prior years. 
So maybe they have got it sorted out or, you know, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Well, we've got a lot more to cover, but before we do, I want to take a quick break and talk about our sponsor for this episode, and that is the fine folks over at Smile. And I want to talk a little bit about PDF Pen. You can learn more by heading over to smilesoftware.com slash podcast. PDF Pen is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs. With PDF Pen, you can go completely paperless, uh, scanning and OCRing your PDFs right there. It will help you mark up and highlight PDFs. You can search and redact sensitive info, which I tell you is uh, coming around this time for tax season, including account numbers. Um, I do that a lot before I send things off to my accountant or other places to, you know, maybe get little bits of information that I don't want floating around out there. Uh, one of my favorite features is you can correct text in PDF without having the original. So a lot of times I'll find something, I'll have a PDF and I'll get all the way to the final version. And then you just see that one last typo. And with the PDF pen, it makes it very easy just to go in and fix it. You can do all the things you could normally do with an advanced PDF editor. You can move, adjust, and rearrange pages. Um, you can even make audio annotations. And those are all things that you can do with just the standard version of PDF Pen. If you upgrade to poor, uh, Pro version, you can do a whole lot more, including create fillable PDF forms. You can even automatically create your fillable PDF forms for you. You can create an edit table of contents. You can suck in websites and convert them to PDFs and add and edit document positions and a whole lot more. Um, there's PDF Pen Pro and PDF Pen is available for the Mac. The new version, 10.2, includes support for dog mode on Mojave, as well as smoother scrolling, scrolls like butter, and a faster thumbnail drawing. But you can take your PDFs with you everywhere you go, because of course, there's also PDF Pen for iOS, which will allow you to take your PDFs with you on your iPhone and your iPad, sync them all back and forth with your uh, cloud service of choice. So uh, check it out. You can head over to smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Uh, to learn all about the features of PDF Pen. In fact, this guy, Sparky something, I think, did some video tutorials where you can learn about using PDF Pen and some of the features of PDF Pen. David, do you know anything about that? Yeah, I thought they came out pretty good, too. Uh, some, somebody wrote me. They said, would you just do a field guide? I'd love to give you money to uh, go learn about PDF Pen. I'm like, no, it's free. Just go to the website. You can watch it. They're good. Um, so head on over to smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Thanks to Smile for their continued support of Mac Power users. So, Katie, uh, we had heard for some time that we're going to get a new Mac Mini. It was something like, you know, it was something like 1,400 days since they had upgraded it. <laughs> and, uh, and, but I think there was an e Longer than some of our listeners have been alive. If you're sitting back there in the back seat, hi. There's this thing called the Mac Mini. Yeah. And at some point, Tim had written back to a, um, a uh, customer saying, no, we, it's still important to us. And so everybody kind of was holding this candle out that Mac Mini would come back. And it did. Uh, but it is quite a big difference. Um, and I think it, it was modernized in a lot of ways. I think it's very similar to the MacBook Air update. It, it got a lot of great modernizations and it costs more than we wanted it to cost. That's the TLDR of the next segment of the show. That's, that's the TLDR of Apple, you know, I mean, um, <laughs> the, um, uh, I, 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 and I don't like to spend a bunch of time talking about the presenters, but I did not like the presenter, uh, on the Mac mini. You know, he comes out and says, well, the old one had two cores. We had four cores, but that's not enough. We put six cores. I'm trying to take notes and prepare for the show. And the guy keeps gaslighting me about it. You know, we we're going to put 16, but then we're going to put 32 gigs. But now we decided to put 64. I'm like, just make up your mind and tell me how much memory you're putting in the darn thing. Um, but the, uh, but it is really turning into quite the powerhouse. It now, uh, no longer has a spinning disc in it. I think that's good. 
hopefully when we do get the iMac updates, that will be the end of the spinning disk uh, in the Apple product line. Because you can still get an iMac with a spinning disk. Um, uh, but but he did, as he said, it's up to six cores, uh, Thunderbolt 3. You can get a 10 gigabyte Ethernet port in it, which is for all those people who are using it as a server. I think that's what, what they're catering there. You can get up to two terabytes of SSD. And uh, this is the Mac that you can open up and do some work on the inside. Well, how how much can you do on the inside? So I watched the event, but I haven't done a lot of the research. I will tell you the the last Mac Mini that I have that looks like this. Yeah, you can, but um, uh, it you, required you can replace the it RAM. Required it required some work. Yeah, you can replace the RAM. You don't need your spatulas anymore. The bottom pops off, and you can place the, replace the RAM. I don't think you can replace the SSD. I think that's probably soldered on. So really, you can't do that much. But it's it's more than most Apple devices these days. Uh, it's a uh, it's a lot more powerful though. So I have some some thoughts about the Mac Mini. I think for people who were waiting for a Mac Mini, uh, yes, here it is. Go go get it. Apple's been um, Apple's made this Mac Mini for you. You know, the Mac Mini was originally released as the switcher computer. And if I'm remembering correctly, David, I think the Mac Mini was released at an event um, at Apple Town Hall. Uh, along with the uh, gosh, what was the big boombox thing? Why am I blanking on that? iPod Hi-Fi, along with the iPod Hi-Fi, and it was originally designed as the Switcher's Mac. It was a B Y O K keyboard uh, DM. Bring your own keyboard display and mouse was the thing that they put up on the screen, and the idea being that you could buy a Mac Mini for about five hundred bucks. I don't remember if it was four ninety nine or five ninety nine. I could go back and research that, but you could buy a Mac Mini for about five hundred bucks, and you could get into a Mac and just pull the keyboard, mouse, and display off of your PC and switch over into the Apple ecosystem. And I've got a Mac Mini. Um, I I used them. I use a Mac Mini at work. And I ran my law office when I started that, and that was what I I had, and so that's what I used, and it was great. And I still use that Mac Mini today, as a matter of fact. It was a cheap and inexpensive way for me to get into the Mac ecosystem, and it worked great. It is a different story now to buy a Mac Mini at 800 bucks because I think what Apple is saying is this is no longer the cheap Mac for someone to buy because they want to get into the Apple ecosystem. This is no longer the Mac where you think you might want to be a Mac person, so now we're going to give you this option to get into a Mac and see if you like it. And then maybe the next Mac you buy is a little more expensive iMac. I think introducing the Mac Mini at seven ninety nine, particularly a Mac Mini that is that is specced this way at seven ninety nine. It's an i three at seven ninety nine. Right, and and it's again, it's that one twenty eight at seven ninety nine. Um, this is not the Mac Mini that you're necessarily going to for eight hundred bucks want to buy and say, hey, I'm going to plug in my own keyboard, display, and mouse, and now for eight hundred bucks we have a Mac. Yeah, you can, but Apple is saying this is the Mac Mini for. Um, people who want a second Mac or for people who really want to do something special with their with their Mac mini you're by the time you spec this up the way you want it and if you don't already had it add, add a display at a keyboard at a mouse you're getting really close to iMac territory here yeah, but they even acknowledge that this is really a project Mac they showed I think it was Mac mini Colo in the presentation and they you know all these people are using it for uh, server farms or they're using it for their home entertainment center it's got HDMI on the back uh, one of the things they didn't do which I was afraid they would have is is cheap out on the ports this has USB a and USB C and HDMI and 
uh, you know, just most of the ports you would want. I was I was really worried that they were going to try and turn it into an Apple TV sized you know hockey puck and put like two ports on the back of it and say, look how great we made it, you know. Um, but it's not like that. It's um, it's got plenty of input and output on the back. It's got a head. It's got a headphone jack. That's nice. Um, so I think that a lot of people in the market for this aren't necessarily. Um, looking for it as a switcher Mac, there was a bunch of people in the forum this morning who, who at their work, you know, work will agree to buy them a new Mac mini, but that won't buy them an iMac. So uh, they're waiting for the new ones and whatever the new one is, they're going to get a nice update with this. So I'm not totally down on it, but um, uh, you know, it's, it's Apple. So it's, it starts at seven 99 instead of six 99 or five 99 as the, the original one did. But it, it's still a Mac in a little tiny box that you can plug into a keyboard or put into a server rack and, and have it running. Uh, so many of our listeners use these, and we hear from them all the time, as a home server. That's really what I've used mine for for so long and then ended up repurposing it to, to use at the firm. This is one, one of the rare Apple products I've never had any interest in. Just zero interest. I don't. You know, we we did a home server show. We've done a couple of them over the years, and I try and convince myself I need one. And I've got an iMac that's running twenty four seven. You know, in terms of the like always on Hazel mail rule type stuff, that stuff's happening for me off the iMac. There's just not a good reason for me to have a home server. Well, I mean, at the time I was I was using my laptop quite a bit as a true laptop, so. It was it was nice to have that home server. Yeah, no, I agree, and um, and so and if you want an always on Mac, a lot of people use them headless. You can just VPN into them, um, you stick it in a closet, and then you can do some interesting things with it. Um, Apple has dropped support for the server version of Mac OS, so that does um, that does uh, pour a little bit of uh, water on the fire, but the uh, it's still a lot you can do with it, and. Um, it's a product for a certain group of people. We've been hearing from those people for a long time, and now they got their new Mac Mini. I will tell you, I am glad that the Mac Mini continues to exist as a product in Apple's pipeline. I will tell you, I am surprised that it is essentially the same form factor. It's just space gray now instead of silver, which, okay, nice, but whatever. I'm surprised that Apple didn't go with one of these. Is it called Nook or Nook? These these little tiny form factor, like an Apple TV size form factor for the Mac mini. I think that may ultimately be a good thing that they didn't because you can get more IO and, and more ports. But the fact that it took them four years to refresh the Mac mini and this is what we got. I, I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm happy. Yes. Thank you. But really? Do you think that maybe just like Apple had intended to kill off the and make the iMac Pro the top of the line, do you think maybe internally they had decided to let the Mac Mini die and it was only in response to this kind of new renaissance of, oh, we're going to support the Mac better now, that that, that got pulled off the ash heap? I do. And, and perhaps it was something that they decided – Oh, you know, we we wanted to do this because maybe maybe they didn't want to do a Mac Pro, and then they decided, oh, what the heck, we'll do both. I don't know. The um, just just talking about Apple and upgrade pricing. If you want to take your Mac Mini from eight gigabytes, I don't want you to look at the website, Katie. I want you to guess without, without looking. Uh, and you want to go from eight gigabytes of memory to sixty-four gigabytes. You want to guess how much that'll cost you? Well, my guess is to go to eight to sixteen would be two hundred, and then. Uh, $500, I'm going to say. I'm not looking. 
Um, you're close, except you're eleven hundred dollars short. Wait, what? <laughs> it's fourteen hundred dollars to go from eight gigabytes to sixty-four gigabytes of memory, or roughly the cost of two additional Mac Minis. <laughs> okay. Um, if the memory is in fact upgradable, please check elsewhere. Now, uh, now, uh, and storage. It start. Let's say. I, oh, that's going to be ridiculous. So I'm, I'm starting the storage from two fifty-six. So I'm looking at the higher end one. Um, right. uh, that that's the i5 Mac Mini um, that sells for I think uh, 10.99. If you want to increase the storage from 256 to two terabyte, you want to guess? Ten thousand dollars? No, um, <laughs> it, it's it's probably at least going um, to be to two terabytes, uh, fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, fourteen hundred. Very close. Okay. So, All right. So you could buy uh, to to add sixty four gigabytes of memory and two terabytes. You could almost buy uh, four additional Mac Minis <laughs> to, to do that. I mean, so this the it, the, the joke is that it goes up to like forty one hundred bucks is is how high you can configure this, which you absolutely should not do. I mean, buy a Mac. Wait, wait until the Mac Pro comes out. Yeah, no, no kidding. Or uh, the the ten gigabyte Ethernet, if you want to up that, it's a hundred bucks. Which I guess that's okay if you're going to use it for your server or something. That makes sense. But boy, that memory is expensive. It's very expensive. Um, go to go to somewhere else. Yeah, but I do think uh, I'm glad that the it, it continues to exist. There are people that are really into the Mac Mini. Um, and we hear from them all the time. So they got their update. I mean, there was no reason for Apple to kill that product off. I mean, it's a the company with something like $200 billion in the bank. I think they could continue to support something that's beloved by so many Mac users. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password. You know, 1Password got mentioned in the keynote this week. That's because everybody recognizes 1Password as just the best way to manage your passwords. 1Password solves that problem that we all have of coming up with strong and unique passwords for each and every website and service that we use. And we're all getting onto more sites than ever, so we do need unique passwords. If you try to use the same password at every website... You know the old story. Somebody is going to compromise your security. It's probably not even going to be you. It's going to be some website you use. Well, once they do that, the bad guys know that you use the password of X and the password of Y and the, I'm sorry, the username of X and the password of Y. So they're just going to go start banging that against all your other accounts like iCloud or iTunes or PayPal. And if they ever hit, you know, pay dirt with that, they, they're going to get in and start taking your money or your identity or all, all sorts of terrible things. So what 1Password does is it solves that for you. Whenever you go to sign up for a new web service, whether you're on your Mac or your iPad or your iPhone or even Android, um, it's going to say, hey, I see you're signing up for a new service here. Let me suggest a password for you. And it's not just necessarily the long string of characters that you get. You know, sometimes it's like a 30 uh, string of characters. It could be actually memorable random words tied together. You can actually tell the, the application what kind of password you want to make, and it'll generate that for you. And then it'll remember it for you too. So it makes generation of unique passwords super easy. And then it makes use of them because all you have to remember is your one password. You get it? That's why they call it one password. So once you log into one password, it'll see when you're logging into those websites um, you know that you already have a password for it and fill in that strong, unique password for you so you don't need to remember it. It's made by a group of folks that are just obsessive about security. They're always making making the app stronger. It's just, you know, like I said, it was in the Apple keynote. What more can I say? It is the go-to password manager. 
they've got a great system now where you can get it for your entire family, and we even get you a discount if you get it through the Mac Power Users. And one of the things I'm proud of with doing with my kids is teaching them password and internet security. And I know that sounds geeky and nerdy, but I think that's going to serve them well because it seems like none of their friends get it, and they're all using the same dumb password, and they're all getting hacked. Uh, but so with my kids, we got on the family plan, set them up with it, and they are using 1Password. Um, if you want to get it for your family, head over to onepasswordcom slash MPU in all caps. That's MPU in all caps. That gets you 20% off. And it's just a great service. I'm super happy with it with my family. I bet you will be too. They also have plans for your workplace so you can make sure your employees don't lose your passwords either. But that is onepasswordcom slash MPU in all caps. And Take your security into your hands. Protect yourself from all those crazy people on the internet and start using 1Password. Thank you, 1Password, for all of the support of Mac Power Users. So can we talk about my great disappointment? Yeah, yeah. Let's. I mean, during the show, uh, Katie Floyd kept texting me saying, uh, I, you know, we were talking about MacBook Air. She's like, oh, when are they going to talk about the iMacs? And then they talk about Mac Mini. And I'm like, iMacs are next, Katie. You're good. You're good. And then they went on to talking about stuff in the Apple store and the iMac didn't get talked about at all. Yes. As soon as they shifted to talking about the Apple store, I'm like, and we're done. But, but you kept encouraging me, David, you, you wrote back and you said, I'm sure that it just had a stealth update on the website. And when the store comes back up, you'll find them. Yeah. Like I thought maybe it'd be just a simple speed bump. It wasn't even worth mentioning on stage. I was wrong. And then so then for the next hour, I'm thinking, well, if it's just a simple speed bump, do I really want it? I, I, I don't know. But still, I ran over to the store as soon as it was back up. And no. Yeah, no, no mention of the iMac. Um, that, my, I, my theory on it now is that, you know, they're go- because they did so much redesign with the iMac Pro, like the, the thermal system is completely different. And and a lot of the reasons why they were able to make all those changes with the iMac Pro is that they never made an iMac Pro with a spinning disc in it, which gave them a lot more room inside the case. And I'm guessing that, you know, the next version of the iMac is going to be a lot more like the iMac Pro on the inside. I mean, it won't have the same caliber of chipsets, but it's going to have a lot of the same design. It'll have the T2 chip and it's going to, you know, I mean, it'll be more, you know, because the, the current iMac is really in a lot of ways a laptop in a desktop case. I think it's going to have the same caliber of parts, but it's going to be designed along the lines of the iMac Pro. Right. So here's here's my my thought. My my hope is that I, I think you're right. I I think at this point, if if there was no iMac release today, we're not getting one this year. There's not going to be a stealth update before the end of the year because they would have just put it on the website. That would have been a press release. They would have said something about it. They would have said, oh, we've got new iMacs now. Um, so there's not going to be one before the end of the year because if there was one, they would have pushed it out because they want to – anybody who's thinking about buying one, go ahead and get it under the tree for, for the holidays. The um, I, I think one of two things is going to happen here. We know that there are new chips that are ready for the iMac. So we could still see that small stealth update you know, maybe April or March, you know, Apple sometimes will do these updates kind of in the, in the early spring of next year. I, I think then if we don't see anything significant, what we're likely going to see is it's about um, for a bigger update to the iMac. And perhaps it was just too close in time to the iMac pro, 
but I think what we'll see is a um, a bigger update to the iMac that includes not only redesign or not only a, a newer chips, but perhaps a redesign. Maybe we'll shrink the bezels a little bit. It will definitely get the T2 because all of the all of the Macs now get the T2 chip. Um, maybe it will get Face ID. We do, we have not yet seen a Mac with Face ID, but maybe you know a- Apple tends to roll things out new in the iMac first, so maybe the new iMac will get Face ID. And uh, so maybe that's what is happening is that Apple is holding out for a, a more substantive update for the iMac that maybe could come as early as WWDC. I don't know. Or it could be another year, honestly. It could be. You know, the iMac, although it would be nice to put the uh, the updated speed bumps in there, the iMac is not a, um, uh, is not a, a machine that needs updating right now. It's still a great machine. In fact, if you need an iMac, go, go buy an iMac. It's great. Yeah, although I have to admit, I, I do, if it is two years, I would be disappointed because I would like to think that this new enlightened approach to Mac means we're not going to wait two years to upgrade a machine, that we are going to, even if it's just a simple speed bump. Let's say they are working on the Skunkworks project to redesign the iMac, and it's going to be bigger and better and have T2 and a whole bunch of other stuff next year. Why wouldn't you just put the latest Intel chips in it and this year and just say, well, we got a simple speed bump this year on the iMac. I mean, maybe, maybe it's because they don't want to ship it without a T2 for future products, but they're doing that anyway because they're continuing to sell the iMac. It's just last year's chip. Yeah. Apple doesn't all, I I don't think Apple's going to release one at this point that doesn't have a, uh, doesn't have a T2 chip in it. So we'll see. So the bigger, the more important question is really it's all about you, Katie. How does this affect me? <laughs> yeah. What What do I do now? Because you had already convinced me, David, that I was going to, I was going to ditch my iPad. I, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. I, stay tuned for the next segment. I'm going <laughs> to ditch my. <laughs> boy, was that a Freudian slip? Uh, I'm going to ditch my MacBook Pro. I I'm going to go iPad only for my portable. I'm going to get a um uh, uh I'm going to get an iMac. This is what I was all ready to do. And then Apple doesn't release new iMacs. So now what do I do? What to do, Katie? And I was <sighs> all set to convince you to spend more money on a bigger SSD, and I can't even do that. Right, because I don't have I there's not an iMac there for me I, to I do. I have notes here. I have notes I had prepared notes to convince you. I can't you had use prepared them. notes in advance for a product that doesn't exist. So what are you going to do? I think I'm going to do nothing. So I, I, if the iMacs were just speed bumps today, I probably would not have I, – I, I would have had to think hard about buying them, okay? So because – I. I don't need a new computer. I'm kind of fed up with this MacBook Pro, but I will tell you that it's it's the fact that it's no longer randomly turning itself off is is a plus. I mean, it's that it it definitely has gone up a few levels for me since it's no longer randomly not turning itself off. So that's good. The um I don't need to get a new Mac right now. This MacBook Pro now that it works is fine and Probably could last me another year, even two years, based on on my needs. So do I really want to buy just a speed-bumped iMac? I mean, isn't the time for me, if I don't need a new computer, to buy the new iMac when, like, a truly redesigned new iMac comes out? Doesn't that make more sense, probably? The market calendars, folks, I agree with Katie. Okay, yes. You're doing the right thing. Just All right. 
All right. So my plan is to do nothing, to keep on trucking with this basically recently replaced 2016 MacBook Pro. Because remember, I got a new logic board. I got a new SSD. I got a new battery. I got basically a new new everything. This is basically now a brand new 2016 MacBook Pro um, that's going to gonna suit me well for a while. Now, on the flip side of that, I would I would tell a listener, if you've got if you want a new iMac and the one you have is creaky and falling apart, or maybe you don't have a newly replaced laptop, you've got a 2009 laptop that's barely surviving and you really want to get an iMac, I would not wait a year. If, if, Absolutely. You, if you need Absolutely. one, get one. It's going to be fine. And you know, when the fancy new one comes out, it's going to be cool that it has the T2 chip and I'm sure it's going to have some improved cooling features, but the the one you get today is still going to be really good and it's not going to it's not going to be like twice as fast or anything it's it's the one you get today is going to be within percentages in terms of performance of whatever it is that they release next year and if my macbook pro was not working well um i i would i would go ahead and order an imac and and be done with it. I think you almost did that a few weeks ago. I almost did. Yes, I almost did that a few weeks ago. The only thing that kept me from doing it is we are coming up on on new Mac season. So that's what I think I'm inclined to do at this point is is to do nothing and just stick this out for another 18 months, year, uh, six months, whatever it is, before the truly new redesigned iMacs come out. Okay, uh, makes sense. But you you concur. Okay, good decision. I think, you, I think you're doing the right thing because you're, you're fine. You got one that works. I won't say I'm thrilled with this decision. But I think it's the right one. It's always more fun to have a new computer. I I had um a little crisis during this last week. A friend of mine um was uh, had a used thirteen inch MacBook Pro, and he says, "Hey, I can give it to you for like really cheap." He just wanted to get rid of it, and I'm like, "Oh, wouldn't that be fun to have a, a laptop?" Even though I I just said on the show last week I don't need a laptop, right? But it's just like the the idea of I'm such a nerd, the idea of setting it up and, you know, having it all rigged up. And then I'm like, wait, what are you doing? This is crazy. So I don't know. But the, um, uh, but yeah, I, I get it. I get the, the, the appeal of a new, of a new machine. So yeah, not doing anything on that front. All right. Uh, let's talk about the, didn't, wasn't there another product line they mentioned briefly during the thing? What was it there, again? There might've been another thing that they mentioned. Oh yeah. iPad pro. Yeah, iPad Pro. We got new iPad Pros. So what's your first impression of just the way it looks? It's pretty. Yeah, it is damn sexy. The I I I really my favorite iPhone design was the iPhone 4, and I know I know about antenna gate and all that stuff, but I just liked the way that felt in my hand. I liked the way it looked. And this reminds that design reminds me of it. Those squared off edges with the chamfer, you know, on the sides. It's it's a nice looking iPad. It's a great looking iPad. So um, I knew as soon as they announced this exactly what you were buying. Can I guess and see if I was right? Yeah, take your shot. Uh, I think you bought a 12.9 inch space gray iPad Pro with, I'm going to say with cellular. And I think you got middle of the road. I think you got the 256. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you at the end when we're done talking about the iPad Pro what I actually bought. That's exactly what you bought because you won't tell me now. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. And an Apple Pencil. Yes, you also bought the Apple Pencil. So let's talk about what they did. Um, starting with the, uh, you know, with the iPad, the iPad Pro. Um, so they, they're continuing to support both sizes. So we had before a 10.5 and a 12.9. 
uh, but the bezels on them got a lot smaller. And as a result, th- this I thought was really bright with the way Apple handled this. So you know, when you've got smaller bezels, you've got two options. You can keep the same size case and then add more little light bulbs and you know make the screen bigger. Yeah, screen room. Or you can keep the same number of light bulbs and and make the the whole device smaller. And going into it, me and Mike Hurley had this long discussion about, you know, um, what which way is it going, right? Is it going up or is it going down? And the um and they did both. I and I thought they did it exactly right. So if you have the smaller iPad, um, it's already small enough. So they add they gave you more screen. And if you've got the big iPad, the twelve point nine, they made they kept the screen size the same and they shrunk down the um the screen, the the physical size around it, so it's smaller. And uh, I've been watching the hands-on videos. I uh, sadly I wasn't there, so I didn't get get my hands on. Uh, but the uh, but it looks like the twelve point nine is a lot more manageable now with this smaller size, and it's really not that much smaller. It, during the keynote, they had a woman on from Adobe, and it looked huge in her hands. That that big twelve point nine inch iPad, but you know basically it's the size of a sheet of uh, eight and a half by eleven paper. So if you take that and you put that on top of the existing twelve point nine inch iPad, it's still about the same width that it's always been, but it's uh, shorter. And frankly, the problem, the lunch tray feeling from the twelve point nine inch iPad for me has always been the width. You know, like if you hold it in portrait mode and try and type on it, you can do that with the smaller iPad, but with the bigger one, you can't. And if you look at the um, the details on the Apple website, it's about I think an inch and a half wider than the small. You know, the twelve point nine is about an inch and a half wider than the eleven. That's that's quite a bit wider. Where it's only I think about an inch and a quarter taller. So it's um you're gonna feel that in the width if you if you hold it in portrait mode. So one of the things I did, I'm not going to tell you which one I bought yet, but I um. I panicked, you know, during at the end of the, the you know, the, the he sing- bought both. The singer came on, right? Well, this is this story. It, it's a fun story. So the singer came on. I'm like, oh, you know, it's going to be this thing where I can't get one, or if I wait until after we record the show, I won't get it into, for like a month later, and then I'll be the only podcaster, or sad podcaster, can't talk about the new iPad. Um, I ordered both, right? And uh, but since I made that order, I have canceled one. I'll tell you that. Because at first I was just I just wanted to get in the queue, but now I have now I only have one on order. But that that was a thought. Um, and let's so let's put a pin in that the eleven versus the twelve point nine, and we'll come back to that. But but one I guess one other point I make on that is it's a lot harder decision to make now because the twelve point nine got smaller and the ten point five got a bigger screen. So the difference between the two of them is not as much as it used to be. Um, I kind of wish that the 11 had gotten a little smaller, that they had just taken the bezels and took it down, because you know I always like smaller things. Sure. You you still want the iPad mini, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. But, you know, bigger is also – I'm just glad it didn't physically get any bigger, because I certainly don't want it to physically get any bigger. If it got a little physically smaller, that would be nice, too, but whatever. All right. So um, in addition to the cool design with the uh, squared off edges, which I think look nice, it's lighter and thinner. Of course, Apple, you know, the, you can always depend on the price being a little high and lighter and thinner being involved in every new product, right? Uh, Face ID. Uh, and the rumors got this wrong. Everybody thought that you were only going to get it like Face ID in one 
landscape or one portrait, but now it, it works in all four directions. Yeah, there really is no, I mean, which way is up? I guess the only way you would know is to look at the Apple logo. There there really is no wrong way to hold it. You know, well, as this whole debate was raging in the community about will they be able to make it so you can open an iPad from any orientation, it seemed to me like, and I'm obviously not involved with the security of that chip because that's secure. It's a lot about security, but wouldn't it be able to take a picture of you in any orientation and just rotate it? And the same thing with the like 3D radar map. It seems to me like it wouldn't be an impossible thing. And uh, it turns out it's not. Uh, so so you can open any direction. Uh, something that a big point for me with this new iPad is the port. It's no longer lightning. They've gone to USB-C and that is interesting to me. Yes, good and bad things about that, but I think it's long-term a good thing, maybe short-term a, another um, another transition, but I think it's long-term a good thing. What, what's your initial thought on it? What, what do you like about that? So I, I have comments. Uh, can I go back to talk about other things, not just the USB-C? Yeah. Can I talk generally about Okay. So I think it's gorgeous. I think it's the one of the prettiest iPads we've ever seen because I too like that original that iPad uh, the excuse me the iPhone four design. Uh, this kind of harkens back a little bit to the original iPad look. You know, kind of a little bit more squarey. It's got the liquid Retina display. I think it's one of the prettiest iPads we've we've ever seen. Uh, and I want to talk about the accessories, but I'll do that. We'll do that a little bit later. That's a different thing. Um, Face ID, of course, we knew Face ID ultimately was was coming to the iPad. I um. I'm a little nervous about this because I, I know that I'm an outlier here, but as you know, I have not been completely thrilled with Face ID on my iPhone. And one of the things that I like is, oh, my iPad, I can just put my thumb right here and it's fine and it always works and it always opens and I don't have to worry about anything and it just works. So Face ID on the iPad is kind of one of those things of, okay, are we going to have another couple of years of this is going to be not quite as easy as Touch ID, but you know, whatever, it works most of the time. So I, I have mixed thoughts about that. I mean, ultimately, it is what it is, and we knew that that's where it was where it was going to go. The port situation, I am really going to miss, I think in, I, I think in limited situations, but, but when I miss it, I'm going to miss it, the headphone port on the iPad. Yeah, well, we hadn't mentioned that. I think that's crazy. Why is that not there? Uh, so there is no uh, um, headphone jack, 3.5 millimeter headphone jack on the iPad. Um, Courage, David. Courage. Okay, so when they removed it from the phone, they made it a fairly decent case. You know, um, the phone is so compact. There's so little space in there that they just didn't have room for it. You know, it really caused problems for them. But with the iPad, we know that when you open that up, the actual microprocessor and the chip stuff is actually relatively small. There's a bunch of space in there for speakers because they don't know what to do with the space they have in there. And um, maybe there's something I'm not getting and Apple's got a, a good reason, but it seems to me like it's just like, okay, let's just remove this because it's one less thing that we have to worry about. But I know that I use uh, plug-in headphones on the iPad on occasion, and I sure would like to be able to do that again, but that that's just gone. Yeah, I use them on occasion. And when I use them, it's kind of a big deal because I use them very frequently when I'm traveling and I don't want to take my AirPods um, because when I travel, it's when I have my wired noise canceling headphones or and and that's really so the rumors are that Apple is going to release over the uh, the over the ear cans that are going to be noise canceling um, AirPod like I don't know what they would call them, but um, earphones 
that are, are noise canceling. And maybe, yes, that will solve that problem. And you can get Bluetooth wireless noise canceling headphones. Yes, I get that. And for $9, you can get a USB-C to, um, uh, to headphone adapter. But it was really nice to be able to charge and plug in at the same time, particularly if, if you're traveling, which when I use my headphones was the majority of the time that I was, I was using them. So it's not the end of the world. It's not a game changer. If I end up getting one of these, I'll get the $9 dongle and it will be fine. And I'll just make sure that the dongle is in my travel bag because that's really the only place I'll ever use it. But And make sure you have it charged before you get on an airplane. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by our friends at Casper. Casper is the contemporary mattress company focused on sleep. They're dedicated to making you an exceptionally comfortable mattress and making sure that you get a great night's sleep one night at a time. You spend a third of your life sleeping, and if you spend a third of your life doing anything, you would want to make sure that it is best to possibly be, and that is why you need Casper. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans, and they're engineered to, be, to soothe and support your natural geometry. They've got just the right support in all the right places. So what goes into making a Casper mattress so comfortable? They combine multiple supportive memory foams in a quality mattress with just the right sink and just the right bounce. They are designed and developed in the U.S., and their breathable design helps regulate your body temperature throughout the night. And with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars, Casper is quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. You can make sure that you love your Casper mattress because they have a 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They'll deliver the mattress directly to your door, and if for any reason you don't love it, Casper has a hassle-free return policy. I have been sleeping on a Casper mattress for well, a couple of years now, and I will tell you that the next mattress I buy is also going to be a Casper mattress. The experience of getting the Casper mattress was just the best mattress experience that I've ever had. It just showed up at my door. It came in a box. I was able to move it myself wherever I wanted it to. You popped open the box and like magic, it just unfolded and whoosh, there you go. There's your mattress. And I sleep great on my mattress. You can too and get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash MPU and using code MPU at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. Again, that's casper.com slash MPU and use offer code MPU. So thank you to Casper for your support of this show and all of Relay FM. So Katie, um, USB-C on the iPad, uh, that brings you a couple benefits. Uh, one of them is that you can plug it into, I believe they said a 5K monitor during the presentation. I expected it to be 4K. And it can access images off of the camera. Uh, early reports are that it does not, you can't just plug a USB-C hard drive into it and access files on it, which uh, I'd like to get more details on that. So maybe we'll know more uh, next week on that. But um, as I understand it, that that port is addressable by developers and maybe somebody will come up with file apps that allow you to do that. But um, I was a little disappointed. Maybe somebody who writes an app, like a files app in the operating system. Yeah. Like a Dropbox or, um, or, or a fruit company. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wish Apple would, you're right. That's but what I'm saying, as I understand, yeah. I don't know that that has happened yet, but there are third party file apps out there. So maybe that's what we have to do, but it, it would, it should be just built in. I mean, if you're going to put a USB-C port and you're going to talk about it like a laptop replacement, then, you know, a key thing that laptops can do is you can plug a disc into them and get data off of them. And, um, hopefully that's something that that's coming. I, I think it clearly is. I, I think it will in the future versions of the OS. I think moving to USB-C 
you know, like everything, when Apple does this, they do it a little sooner than we like, and we don't get the full implementation the first time around. So we're going to have a couple of years of growing pain. We're going to have a couple of years of dongles and adapters, and then we're going to, and maybe not even that, and then we're going to have a couple of months or a year before the software catches up. And 18 months from now, we won't be having this conversation because it's just, oh, how great is USB-C? I can do all these things with my iPad Pro, and it's almost like having a computer. And I think that's when they'll do it to the phone. They aren't going to do it to the phone until they iron out all the problems on the iPad. And they've convinced us that it was the right thing to do because people are going to go crazy when they do it on the phone. I still have family members that complain to me because they still have the 30 pin connectors around their house. They're like, I understand, you know, like because they know I, I talk about Apple. Apparently I'm in charge. You control these things. I get that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh, here, let me, let me just text my friend Tim for you and let him know. But the, uh, I, I do think it's, it just seems like, I mean, the writing's on the wall everywhere. Every Mac, every Mac now it has a USB-C port in it. Um, and now the iPad, it's just, you know, the phone is next. I think it's just a question of time. Um, so I think I think long term this is a good thing. I think this is future proofing for the iPad Pro. I think we're going to have a couple of months of pain, but I think it ultimately is is where we need to go. It's kind of interesting from um, a, a dongle and accessories market. Um, on one hand, the pain that I have already felt with uh, USB C slash Thunderbolt on my MacBook Pro will help me if I end up getting a new iPad Pro because I've already got those adapters. I mean, I've already got the the Apple multi-port adapter that will let me charge and do HDMI and do USB. So I don't have to rebuy that. I've already, I've already got all the adapters that I need. Um, so that's great. In fact, I, I don't think that I'm going to need it now, but I already have one of those. I guess I could use the, the lightning to USB cables. Um, and it's going to come with a USB-C cable and I've already got things that charge USB-C. So, you know, in some respects, the, the pain in the, that I went through with this MacBook Pro transition will, will help if I decide to go with the, the iPad Pro transition. Uh, it's, it's going to be fine. I'm, I, I will tell you, I think I'm more upset about the lack of the headphone jack than I'm upset about the, uh, uh, the USB-C transition. We'll have to get a couple of different cables. Um, you know, I think uh, the USB, we'll need a USB-A to USB-C cable to to charge all the things and to plug into all the things. But other than that, it'll be fine. It does make me a little sad when I, I just open my drawer, it looks at all my lightning connectors with the HDMI and the RGB and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm ever going to need you again because <laughs> I, I rarely use those with an iPhone. The the other thing that you're going to have to do is um, you're now going to have to carry two sets of cables. Phone and iPad, yeah. Yeah, phone and iPad cables. But I, I use one of those Anchor chargers that has USB-C on it, which I've not been using because I don't have a Mac anymore when I go on the road. So that port's been kind of, you know, well, I actually have a USB-C to lightning cable I can use on it. But now it'll just be USB-C cable. Well, but a, U- a USB-C to lightning cable is not going to help you. That's not going to charge your iPad Pro. I mean, that's I mean, traditionally now I've been using that. But now with the new one, I just use a straight up USB-C cable. But I don't know. I, I think that I'm fine with this transition. They want it to be more like a laptop. And it seems like they're making progress there. I'd really like to see like with some of my music stuff, if I can plug into some of the music gear. And I just think it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be a, an odd transition for a year or two. And eventually the USB-C is going to be great in the iPad. Hey, you want to talk about the um, the Apple Pencil? Actually, you know, before we go there, let me, let's me let just 
finish up the, the discussion of the size of the devices. So I, I ordered both because I couldn't make up my mind. I was on I was on Slack with with Hackett at the time, and I you know and and of course he's going big. I'm like, well, I think I might want the big one, but I'm not sure. And I thought, well, I'll just buy them both and just return one. You know, you can just play with it for Apple has the two week period. But then I felt like oh, that's kind of lame. And the more I thought about it, the um, I, end, I ended up with the big one because it is a laptop replacement for me. And I think that's the key. If you are looking at an iPad as something to bang around the house with and you already have your laptop, uh, get the small one. If you're looking at it to get work done and sit at Starbucks and write documents, get the bigger one. Okay. So what else did you get? Did you get uh, 256? Did, did I nail it? No, you didn't nail it. I, I got cellular. I got space gray. I got 512 because oh. it is a laptop replacement. So I just felt like I want to have, and I store so much stuff on iCloud. I want to have as much stuff down on the device as possible. And I actually, I didn't get the big, the biggest, you could have got it up to a terabyte, which is kind of crazy, but you know, I guess that's the way of the future, but 512 is fine. How how much data do you have on your iPad right now that you would ever need to go five twelve? No, it's like it's like three hundred now. So it's what it's, what do you have on your iPad? I have a lot of media, but I also have like when I do um, well, I can't really talk about it all. It, it it relates to the lawyer stuff, but the um, I have a lot of data on my iPad. Let's just say that. Um, so I I just don't want to. I hate dealing with running out of space on devices. I would much rather spend an extra hundred bucks now and not have to think about that. So I always go overboard on space. But you were very close. I just thought you had more sense than that. But yeah, okay. you would think, my, It right? was my bad. You should have known better after all these years. Well, it's like Apple. You have to think about what you think and then take it up a couple of notches. So And uh, and I did also buy a, um, a keyboard and a pencil. So let's talk about those now. Yes. Okay. Um, I know you want to talk about the pencil. But since that's going to go down a rabbit hole, let's talk about the smart keyboard first. I love the smart keyboard. I think I've told you the smart keyboard is the thing that changed the way that I used my iPad. It, it, it is the thing that really made the iPad a thing that I just used as a media consumption device to a creation device. It is the thing that will at one point, at some point in the future, allow me to get rid of my MacBook Pro whenever Apple releases a new iMac and probably go iPad only. So I love the smart keyboard, and I really like the fact that this new smart keyboard wraps all around the back, because before, I had to buy a smart keyboard and a back for my iPad, and this new smart keyboard just looks really sleek, really nice. The only thing that I will say is I always get the space gray iPads and, and you know, whatever. If If you got one of the color iPads and you use the smart keyboard, you're really not going to see the back of your iPad anymore. So it's just all going to be the space gray folio, but I like it. I really like that it has two different viewing angles. That's always been a problem for me with the the smart case, smart keyboard, I'm sorry. So I, w I had this hack where I would like stick my AirPod case behind the iPad, you know, like give it a wedge to give me more control of the angle. But it was just a hack. This is better. So it's got it's got two different angles. I'm hoping that's enough. Um, I, I like Katie. I think I like the way it looks. I like the way it's engineered. It's not like the, the current one has got like this accordion move you got to do with the keyboard when you pull it out, where it seems like you've got like a two foot long keyboard as you're unwinding it before you put it all together. And the new one doesn't do that. The new one is, I think, a better design in that way. 
Now, it looks a little bulky on it in the pictures. I haven't got my hands on it yet, but I also think it seems like it fits well with the new design of the iPad, and it's very easy to snap your iPad out with the new smart connector. So I love a lot about the One complaint I have is that if you look at what Apple and Google are doing, all these companies are putting a trackpad on these keyboards. Yeah. And honestly, it makes sense to me. I mean, why not? Because you're treating it kind of like a laptop. It's sitting in your lap or it's on the table. Apple, every time they get a chance, they complain about how terrible it is. These touchscreen PCs where you have to reach out with your finger and touch the screen and then go, you know, you know that the whole shtick they do on that every time that that comes up, why aren't you making a touchscreen Mac? Well, it's a terrible design because you shouldn't have to reach up and touch your screen, but that's exactly what you do with an iPad. And I, I do wish that they had found a way to put a trackpad into it. Maybe. Maybe there'll be a future smart keyboard with a trackpad. So uh, to me, the price of the smart keyboard is just built into buying an iPad Pro. I know that's... And it's expensive. Well, and, you know, keep in mind that you can also buy like a $20 Bluetooth keyboard. So your your cost for an iPad keyboard goes anywhere from 20 all the way up to 179 Yeah, it is expensive. Or on the 12.9, 200 I'm not going to complain about the price. I bought it. I, I love the design. I like the way it works. I like the way it all just fits in my bag and it's all there. I don't have to carry a separate keyboard. So I'm willing to pay the money to have it really nice. And the other thing is I've been typing on. So the the other reason I went with the bigger one is the iPad that I'm replacing. It's almost three years old. It's the original 12.9 inch iPad. And I still have the original smart keyboard. It works like a charm. No problem whatsoever. Did you say it was the original? Oh, the original 12.9. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And so, but it's the original keyboard and the original iPad. It's working great. I really could get away with not replacing it, but I can't help myself. Um, and I'm really thinking, Katie, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to get these, uh, this new one and play with it for a week to make my decision. But I think I'm probably just going to sell the uh, the 10.5 and the 12.9, the old one, to Gazelle, and just, just go with one iPad. You know, get out of the multi-pad lifestyle. It's definitely harder to make that decision now because they are, I, I would want to put them in my hand, but they are definitely closer in size than they, than they have been before. I, I suspect it's going to do better with dictation and some of the neural engine stuff. It's going to be faster. We didn't even mention that the 12X looks like to be a, a real powerhouse of a chip. So why keep extra ones around? I, th- I think ultimately I'm going to end up selling those and just have the one. I mean, the other option would be to keep my 10.5 as a like a second one, but I think I'm probably just going to sell them both. Makes sense. I, I You know, I've always questioned the double iPad lifestyle, yeah, I know. but I think it makes I know. sense. I know. Um, okay, so, so the keyboard looks cool. It's, it's expensive. Uh, boy, that's a theme today. Looks cool, but it's expensive. Um, I, I'm, I ordered one and then they also updated the Apple pencil. I really like the new pencil. I like the look of it. Um, I was, you know, I've been kind of kicking around with the idea of getting an Apple pencil, but you're not going to get one. Let's just be honest, Katie. Probably not. <laughs> but the uh, the uh, so the 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 problems with the old one. Everybody always complained about that male lightning port on the back end of it. You know how goofy it was to plug it in to charge it. I never really felt that way. I I thought it was the right decision because I've been out. You know, at like a client interview, and my pencil starts losing its charge. And it just takes a second to plug it in there and get like a, a very quick charge, so you're good for the rest of the the appointment. Uh, but this new one solves the problem in a better way. It's got a flat side, so it's not going to roll off your table, and it uses magnetic charging, so it just snaps to the top of the device. 
So as you're sitting there typing on your iPad Pro with your fancy expensive keyboard, you can have the pencil just snapped onto the top of it magnetically and it's always charging, which is the inverse of what it used to be. Because it used to be you'd throw the pencil in your bag with your iPad and it would be fully charged when you left, but the pencil would be out of charge because it was so close to the vicinity of your iPad and your bag that the pencil was slowly draining its charge the whole time you were driving or walking around. I think it's definitely a better design in, in all areas. It's smaller, too, and uh, I think that's good. I don't know. I'll have to get my hands on one. I don't I, – I wasn't paying, I, I must admit, great attention to this portion of the keynote because this is not my thing. But in terms of um, uh, drawing support and you know actual use, I know that it's got the feature where you can double tap to, to change tools. Um, other, other than that – is is this a better pencil? Is it a thinner line? Is it you know? Does it do anything? I as I understand it, it's shorter, but it's not thinner. You know, it's the same diameter, but we'll know next week. Wait, sh- okay, shorter, which is good because the new pencil was bigger. Okay, um, but it, I think it looks like a, a good idea. But I, I really like the look of the iPad with the pencil on it. I got mine customized. You can do that now when you order your pencil. So I I wrote some words on it. You want to share what you wrote? I just said, go Sparky. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go Sparky. Get to work. Whatever, you know. Um, uh, so that that's, um, and I got the same ship date. So that was cool. You know, I was a little worried that I'd get delayed. I mean, the pencils were like, you know, a rare, rare device when the iPad first showed up, the iPad pencil, right? Remember, it took months to get one. I think they've got on top of it a little better now. Um. And all of this stuff is expensive. The pencil's gone to 129 as opposed to 99 And the keyboards, as we were saying, is, is can be up to $200 if you have the 12.9-inch. The, um, so Apple does continue to sell the 10.5-inch iPad, and they continue to sell the 10.5-inch uh, iPad Pro, and they continue to sell the 10.5-inch smart keyboard. Um this is just a thing that Apple does now. I mean, it's that's a great. I got to say, that's a great machine. I love mine. Yeah, I mean, it's really not that old. There, I mean, like I said, I could honestly, um, when I think about how much money I spend on health insurance and college tuition, I shouldn't be buying a new iPad, but I am. So there you have it. But the, um, I mean, the 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 year old ten point five is still a great device. I'm glad I'm glad it's still out there. I think there's some people that they're price sensitive, and they're going to get a great device at that lower price. And and that's not to mention the standard iPad, which is like half the price of this stuff, and is also a great iPad and has pencil support, although it's a different kind of pencil. I want to thank our sponsors. That's our pals over at Fujitsu that make the Scan Snap. Uh, Katie and I are both big ScanSnap users. It's great having this thing on my desk because, you know, when the mail comes in, I just run it through and it's done. The ScanSnap, no matter which version you have, I've got the iX500, but now they've even got a bigger one, the iX1500. It's got a touchscreen. Um, it has sharing, uh, 30 pages per minute, 50 sheet automatic document feeder, all that stuff. But no matter which one you get, they've got the scanning on both sides of the paper. So you just stick it in there and you press the blue button. It feeds the paper through and you've got a nice PDF of it. Now the software has got built in OCR. And that's one of my favorite things about the ScanSnap software is that you get optical character recognition on everything that runs through it. And I recommend if you have a ScanSnap, just push that button. It just takes a few seconds. 
seconds. The modern Macs are so fast. It grinds through that stuff really fast. And then you can search in the finder on your Mac and find the contents of any document that you've scanned. Uh, we've used it in the Sparks house for everything from mail coming in to cookbooks. I use it for my CLE, my continuing legal education materials, so I can search them. And, of course, on the business side for the, the law practice, everything gets scanned as it comes in. I can immediately share it with clients and opposing counsel and whoever needs to see the stuff that gets scanned. And it's just such a no-brainer. I love having this Fujitsu scan step in my life. I bet you would, too. If you've got a box of paper in the corner of your house that you've just been putting off, don't try and get one of these flatbed scanners. That's just not the way you do it. You need, you need a document scanner, and that's what Fujitsu excels at. Like I said, they've got models at every price point and need. If you just need it once in a while, the S1300i is a great one. It fits in your desk drawer, but then when you when you turn it on, it's got that double-sided scanning. If you want the really portable iX100, it can fit in your bag. Um, I like that iX500. It's a great desktop model. And if you even want to go all in, get the iX1500. Um, either way, uh, head over to budurl.me slash SSMPU. Get that ScanSnap MPU. And check out the ScanSnap line. And it's a great scanner for you. Can take care of all that paper. And thank you, Fujitsu, for sponsoring the Mac Power Users. Um, so I might have done something while you were reading the end. Did you push a button? Mm, it's possible. All right. Well, I mean, I, I put my finger on a sensor. Okay. Okay. So Katie Floyd, what did you do? I did something irrational. I will admit. Just go for it. Just go for it. And I don't normally do that. And it's okay, Katie. Uh, all of us are here. We're, we're all behind <laughs> you. We are all behind you. It's it okay. was, there was absolutely no reason I needed to do this because I did an irrational thing last year. And I think, Partially, you're to blame because I had this lovely 9.5 inch iPad Pro, which was perfect. I didn't, or nine, was it 9.5 inch? 9.7 inch iPad Pro, which was beautiful, lovely. Nothing wrong with it. And I don't know, something happened. And I was convinced last year that I needed to upgrade to the 10.5 inch, which was great. But yet, after a week or so, I forgot that it was the 10.5 inch. I was like, oh, okay, this is great too. It's the best iPad I've ever owned. And um, I don't know. I just um, I, I I see this iPad Pro as really a revolutionary leap forward for the iPad Pro, and I bought one. All right. Okay. So let me guess. Um, let you guess as to what I got. I, I yes. think you got an 11 inch, uh, 256 gigabyte space gray cellular. Close. Uh Okay, did I, is is it less space maybe? So yeah, like like the David Sparks where you, you go up, I yeah. go low. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I, it was I knew already, that was a squeaker. I knew that was a squeaker. It, it was already an irrational decision. Um, I don't keep a lot of documents stored on my iPad Pro. I've got the 64 now, and I've got plenty of plenty of space. So I I got the 11 inch space gray 64, and you know I've bemoaned that I I really made a mistake not getting the cellular version. So I did that. Um, pro tip, by the way, the cellular version comes with the Apple SIM, which supports AT&T, Sprint, and T-Mobile. If you want it on Verizon, which is mine, you have to add the Verizon Nano SIM card, which is free. You just have to specifically add it. And the first time I went in, because I had this in my cart, um, on I got it on my cart in my iPhone uh, during the day, 
And the first time I did not see that as an option. And then while we were sitting here, I went in and I logged in on the Mac to, to look at it and see everything. I um, It then popped up as a suggested optional item, and I was able to read a little bit more about it and say, oh, okay, well, for this iPad to work on Verizon, I'm going to need to get this uh, this nano SIM thing. So I got that, and that's free. Um, I did buy, of course, the smart keyboard for the 11-inch, and I also um, bought the USB-C to 3.5-millimeter headphone jack because I feel like that's you know just a good thing to have. But no pencil, right? No, I did not get the pencil. I, I might, David, add the pencil to my Christmas wish list because I think that would make you feel better. But um, uh, whatever, you know, I, I I know you tried it and you didn't use it, so I'm not sure it's worth it to you. Um, I'm more intrigued about the pencil than I ever have been. So not intrigued enough at this point to spend another two hundred dollars on it. But maybe we're all behind you, Katie. It's OK. You can you can you can buy yourself a nice iPad once in a while. Every year. I don't need one every year. Well, yeah, I, I doubt you're going to buy one next year. No, no. What what I what I see is this is the future of the iPad. And then I'm. Famous last words. I'm done for a couple of years. I mean, my last iPad before the iPad Pro, I kept like three years. So I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, so you so you did not get an iMac today, but you got a new iPad. Yes, that's that is accurate. Now you're ordering this many hours after the event. Can you are you still getting a November seven ship date? Yes. All right. So um, the, oh, actually, we're recording before that. So within a week or two, we'll give a we'll give some feedback on these devices. But I don't think we'll have them when we record the next show. But the uh, Anyway, uh, good for you. So we both got iPads. I, I am really uh, feeling good about my decision to get the bigger one. I think I'm going to like it. I, I was walking around holding a pad of 8.5 by 11 paper. I'm like, this would be kind of nice if this was my iPad. And um, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that works. My big fear is the 12.9 does kind of feel like a lunch tray. I, I know like when Katie got it, she immediately hated it. I, I knew from the moment I pulled it out of the box that I hated it. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, but you know, Apple has a two week return period. So if I feel that way, I will, uh, go in for the smaller one, but I, I can tell you having used them both for so long now, uh, I do a lot of work on my iPad and I really do when I sit behind the bigger screen, not only is the screen bigger, the keyboard is wider. It's just, it, if you're not using a laptop and you're using an iPad kind of as a laptop replacement, that extra space does help. It's better for multitasking too. So I don't think I'm going to regret my decision, but I, uh, but I, I think the 11 makes total sense for you. Cause that like fits in your purse, right? That was one of your big deals. That's the big requirement it has to fit in my purse. All right. Um, so uh, I think overall it was a great event and, uh, I'm really happy that Apple has a new MacBook air that we don't have to be embarrassed about. I was just l- working with a friend's MacBook air a few weeks ago. I went and helped him with a presentation and I was looking at that non-retina screen and man, does that look terrible? Boy. We are so spoiled now. And I, I remember when that computer came out, we thought the screen was beautiful. And now you look at it and you're like, what is this? You know, um, what's that game everybody plays that that's eight bit, you know, um, Minecraft. Is that what you're talking about? My, yeah, it looks like Minecraft. Yeah. I mean, what's going on? I mean, so, uh, so I think it's great. And I think the new iPads are going to be good too. I think the, the Apple has really upped its game on the iPad over the last few years. And you're starting to see that in quarterly results. Um, I still think having been, do, you know, not having a laptop for some time now, I'll tell you, there are still times when I wish I had a laptop. Um, you know, when I look at like the stuff I can do with Hazel or even the text expander integration with email on my Mac is faster than it is on the uh, iPad. 
and even some of the stuff I do, you know, all the automation stuff, keyboard maestro, all those things. Uh, sometimes I wish I had them, but um, having that all day battery, having a constant connection to the internet when I go out through the cellular, um, having that thin thing that just fits in my bag, uh, to me, it, it all outweighs the times that I wish I had a laptop. And, and also, it's just like a lot easier to maintain. There's not, you know, you don't have to worry about driver files and font corruptions and just a lot of the stuff that happens on the Mac just never happens on iOS. Well, one more thing did drop today, and that is iOS version 12.1. And we got a couple of uh, new features from that. It's um, FaceTime. The group FaceTime is a big one. I, I tell you, I this surprised me. I thought when Apple said FaceTime was delayed, that it was going to be like, well, maybe you'll get it like next year, right before we announce the new operating system. But no, it's here. There's been a couple things that are promising like that. They did the same thing with Siri shortcuts. We got version 2.1 today. And that gives you more control over timed events. So you can get timers without having to perform some magic. And it also has uh, weather support, which you used to have to do through API calls. Um, I know I'm going to get emails on this. I am updating the Siri shortcut field guide for version 2.1. I got a bunch of videos in production now. So within a couple of weeks, I'll announce on the show when it comes out. But there's a bunch of updates for the Siri shortcut field guide using all this new stuff. And uh, that was an open question. I mean, when we first heard of series shortcuts, if I had to bet a nickel, I would have said that we're going to get the version 12 and then we'll get version with the iOS 13 and we won't see any updates in the middle, but they have broke that out as a separate platform and it's getting updates as we go through the year. I really am happy about that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and also, uh, and I know this is, we save this for last cause this is what Katie is most excited about. We got a bunch more emoji. And that'll do it for this episode of Mac Power Users, folks. Anything else? No? Good. <laughs> I, I can send you emoji of like, all, I can send you like moon, moon cake now. Moon pie. Moon pie, I think it's called. I can. I got a whole bunch of emojis I, I can put in my, um, you know, to, to make Katie happy. I'm so, so thrilled. We didn't mention with the new iPad Pro, we can also do memojis on our iPads now. And now that you have one, I can send them back and forth to you. Oh, I think I could. It's not too late. Cancel my order. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. Smile, one password, Casper and Fujitsu. And of course you can discuss all of the new Apple events and announcements uh, in our forums. That's over at talk.macpowerusers.com. In fact, David, you had a bunch of people in there earlier today, right? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to keep doing that for Apple events. Uh, we'll be reporting back on our various size new iPad Pros. I'm going to love mine. Katie's going to have some problems. It's all going to be good. Yes. All right. Uh, we will see you all next time. Bye.